0: And I tell you what, uh, Jesus came for you, and that's what I want to title this today, and that's what I want to talk about. If you got a Bible, you can turn to John 10.10. 10. There's a Bible in the front pew if you'd like. I'm going to use a different translation. Jason, I didn't tell you I'm using New Living Translation today. Uh, but, uh, but I want you to see, uh, I just wanted to get the simplest translation uh, out there, and I believe this is one that's very simple and to understand. You know, and I challenge people, you know, maybe the only Bible you have is a King James Version, and, and that's a great Bible. I know a lot of people that wouldn't read anything else. But I also know a lot of people that try to read that, and it's hard to understand. And the Lord dealt with me. I preached out of the New Living or the New King James, I should say, uh, version for and the King James for years and years and years, for probably twenty plus years. And then just a few years ago, uh, about six or eight years ago, God just uh, stirred in me to switch, and I caught a little flack. I had some people, "What are you doing using the NIV and and uh, uh, you know or, and, and whatnot?" But here's the thing that the Lord showed me. The people that I'm trying to reach, the, the rural communities, the people, and it's not a lack of education that, that uh, I don't believe makes the, the King James difficult. It's just that it, we don't talk like that as much anymore. And so, again, there's nothing wrong with it. You could have both. But sometimes when I would struggle to understand the King James, I would go to my, my living Bible or my NIV, and it would help me understand the thought process of what's going on there. And so several years ago, I began to do that. And so I'm using the New Living Translation today, and, and I use this quite often. But John 10.10 is a, is a verse of Scripture that, that I want to start with because it talks about what Jesus came for. He came to give us life, and, and, and we see this in verse uh, John 10.10. Uh, 10. It says um, that the thief comes, well, the robber comes, only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I came... So that they, meaning all of us, might have life and a great full life. I love the Amplified translation says, "To the full, till it overflows." Other translations, the New King James says, "You know that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life abundant." Now I know that you could immediately uh, be be thinking that that was talking about uh, just having uh, a bunch of things. That's what abundant life would be. But I, I don't know about you, but but having the the for for whatever your your thing is, if it's horses, if it's hunting, if it's boats. I mean, I got turkeys that come up in my yard. I'm not bragging. I'm just just telling you, I'm blessed. I have deer that run right there, and I can see them, and I can walk within 100 yards, Stacy, 100 yards of my house and, and, and bow hunt. You know, I, I mean, I, I am blessed, but I didn't always have that. God blessed us there. But whatever your thing is, isn't it nice that that's abundant life, having the ability to do it? I remember when I was young, I had so many things I wanted to do, and there were two problems. I didn't have any time, and I didn't have any money. And after I got a little bit older, and some of the kids, we have four kids, some of them got gotten you know graduated on or, or, or maybe weren't, weren't as pull as much of a financial pull or maybe some things changed in, in our finances to where we could live with a little more stuff. Then I had a little more money, but I still didn't have time. And, and I'm thankful that I'm getting into a season of life where the kids are I've got a little more time and a little more money. Now it's an enjoyment, but you know what? if I still didn't have other things in order, it wouldn't matter because, because I, there's still other things that could rob me of the abundance and the blessing that God desires for us. Now listen, I think a lot of times we measure those, those things wrongly, and I don't want to get off on that too much. But I tell you what, I want you to think about what does it mean to have abundant life? First of all, Jesus came to give us life, period. We know that God gave all men life, all people life. Our, our, the life that we have is because God gave it to us. But eternal life comes through Jesus Christ, Eternal life comes because of what Jesus did. But you know, the awesome thing, the blessing of that is, is that it wasn't given only to those who are really, really good. You know, how do, we, how do we usually gain something in life? We work really hard, we do everything right, and hopefully we get that promotion, we get that title, we get that promotion, we get that extra money, we get whatever. We, we work really hard to achieve something. I remember, you know, the kids going through school and, and you know, they're, they're working to, to be a valedictorian or they're working to make an all-state in sports or, or they're working towards some goal. And, you know, they've all, the older kids especially have said later on in life, it's like nobody even, you know, Cade's like, nobody even remembers that I was an all-stater. I mean, no, nobody remembers he went to that ba- baseball game. No, no, nobody remembers that stuff. Well, a few people do. But it's not like he's known for that. It's, it's, it's passing. It's kind of like whenever we work hard for something and we achieve, and I don't know about you, but there's been certain times when I've worked really hard to win something, a buckle or, a, or, or maybe a saddle or, or maybe another prize, maybe an achievement. I've got a, a plaque on the front of my desk that says Certified Crop Advisor, and I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you what, that test is a difficult test to pass. Not just anybody can, be that, that, to, can, can pass that test. Now there's a lot of people going to be an agronomist to the level I was or beyond and not have that certification. But I wanted that certification, and so I worked really hard for it. I had to, I had to take that test. It took you could only take it one time a year, and if you failed it, you had to wait the tip for a full year to take it again. The, there were only very few some guys coming right out of college, and see, I was doing it way after college, and, and so. Um, you know they they would they would achieve that once in a while, but so many would would fail it and never never be able to achieve that. But you know what? It just sits on my desk, collecting dust now. It, it's it's not even important anymore. And so a lot of the things that we work for and achieve that we think they're going to give us the abundant life or the blessing now. See, we got to realize something. Jesus came to give us life eternal. That's a blessing. And if that's all we got, it's worth it. But I can tell you this, that He doesn't just want us to have it somewhere way off. He wants us to have life now. He wants us to have a connection with Him. And and that's where that comes from. That life comes from us being able to access God on a personal basis. The reason I sing these songs, we we sing these songs, the reason that that I love to, to play my guitar and allow my daughter to sing, I mean, I was wanting to get into worship so much, but I was afraid of messing up. I was being careful not to not to mess up or lose my place, but I wanted to just worship the Lord because He's so worthy to be praised. You know, abundant, this abundant life more than enough. Uh, it says in the, in the Amplified, again, I'll read this out of the Amplified, it says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. You know, when we walk with God, and I, I see this as one of the wonderful things about walking with the Lord almost all the years of my life. I, I spent about three years maybe running from God in high school, and, and outside of that I was uh, a few years trying to get over some of that past and, and walking with God. But most of my life I've served God and walked with God. And I can tell you because of that, it's not because God says, wow, you deserve it but it's because I've learned to remain in that relationship and that fellowship with God. And if for a period of time I get out of fellowship, I've learned how to reinstate myself or connect with God. It's not that He ever disowned me as His son, but there may be times where I didn't feel confident to be able to come into His presence. I didn't have that that comfortableness to be able to to come before God and, and worship Him. I remember coming to church, and and when I was first serving the Lord, and and after Sue and I were were high school sweethearts, we got married right out of high school, and uh, even before we had kids, I I just remember trying to get back, I I was about 20 years old, you know, trying to walk with God. And I remember I was still full time on the ranch, and we, you know we were cowboying, and we were working cattle, driving a tractor, doing all the things we do. And and I can remember you know getting getting caught up in a sin or a moment or 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 a flash time of getting mad and, and doing something or getting in a conversation, all kinds of different things. And and I remember coming in to church, and I and I knew I could come to God and repent and be forgiven, but I also knew that there might be somebody. That had seen me that week, and they all of a sudden, and I remember sitting up fairly close in the front, and 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 during the worship time, and I remember going, God, and just just you know raising my hands like this to God, and just saying, God, forgive me, and, and I remember just worshiping God, and God being willing to receive me back in to that fellowship. Not the relationship; the relationship was never broken, it was never severed, but I didn't feel good enough. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I hope so-and-so is not here. They might see me and think I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> They'll see me and think, oh, he's fake. Listen, you know, there's some times when people won't go to church because they see somebody who goes to church be imperfect for a moment. I had a time last week or, or two weeks, I helped the sailborn on Thursdays. And I helped pin back cattle, and I was on the horse, and we had a, a big old bull come through, that, and we're pinning it during the cow sale. We had a big old bull come through, and I mean, he was big. He probably weighed, what? that big black bull, rate? 2,300? Okay, so if, that, if that's, a, that's a big bull. Now, they was not going to push him with a horse. You was not going to do, do anything. And we had about, uh, at that time, by the time he came through that day, we had like about eight or 12, maybe 12 bulls in this bullpen. And if they're a bunch of bulls that never been together, they, do, they go to fighting one another and hooking one another. And sometimes you can get run over from the bull that's running from the hooker, the one that's trying to hook the bull, other bull. So you've got to watch. Now, I know if you're not with bulls, you're going, oh, my gosh, what is this about? Well, you, you you this is this is proud every Sunday we have some cow illustration, but I want you to understand something. I was in the moment of the flood. We're trying to stay alive back here. Well, there was some guy on a on a radio that was hollering at us. Well, get the gate open, get them cows out. Why in this deal? And it was Dakota. And. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, he, he is the boss. He runs a, a livestock market. He owns the place, and he was calling pins that day, and he's jumping on us. And, buddy, he said it about once, and I was, we're trying to stand. I had my horse in the middle of all that, and I ride out of it. And we got like four or five guys trying to get these bulls out of the alley so we could get cows down through there, but this one big bull wouldn't go, and we're trying to get I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a moment, and he's yelling at us. Boy, I yelled back. <laughs> I told him, I said, you want to come out here and do it? You get off your I mean, I was fired up. Now, here's the thing. You think, well, man, what's the deal? And one of the guys over there, of course, they all know I'm a preacher, you know, and and, and I didn't cuss or do anything like it, but I was I was mad. I mean, I was mad. And, and uh, one of the guys told me later, he goes, man, I thought you was going to come down off your horse. <laughs> well, you know, it was about three or four hours later, and I'd forgotten about it. Literally, I, I was like, what? Come on, what? I thought he was talking about I was going to get bucked off. I was like, well, I didn't have any bronc ride today. And, and uh, all of a sudden, he, I, he said, no, you was yelling it. I he said, I heard somebody yelling, and I looked up, and it was Kelly. <laughs> well, listen, we may at any moment have a flesh moment. And I'm not justifying that we lose control or, 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 or go way off. But here's the thing I've learned. Is that if I don't allow myself to be consumed in that moment, I don't, God's not going, oh well, I guess you can't come into my presence for today. All we have to do is simply, if we sin, 1 John 1 9 says we confess Jesus as we or we confess our sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't justify sin, it's not allowing us or expecting us to go and do wrong. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that in those times when we fail, run to God, not from Him. Run to God because that's why Jesus came, to give us life and life more abundant. And if we're in that place or that time where we've separated ourselves by something we've done, a moment where you had a bad thought, a moment where you acted in the flesh, then then get it dealt with. I want you to see something in Luke chapter uh, 4 that Jesus did for us. He came for us, and and it's demonstrated here in these verses in in verse 18. You know, Jesus was reading from the book of Isaiah 61. One of the things they did in the synagogue is they read every day the Scripture from the Old Testament. The Old Testament Scriptures, and this happened to be one that was prophesying of Jesus. And He said, He stood up, it says in verse uh, 17... The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. And I'm in, I'm in Luke chapter 4, verse 17. The, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that, that captives will be released, and that blind eyes will, be see, or will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, I think it's so awesome that we see there a picture of what Jesus came for. He came to bring good news. That's what the gospel is all about. It's good news to know that whatever you've done is not greater than the blood of Jesus and whatever has separated you from being able to come into God's presence has been removed. That's why Jesus came. That's what he did or what he provided. You know, it, it shows and it demonstrates that, that he was there to set captives free. You know, he sets us free from the power of sin. You know, we, we, uh, at times have sinned or do sin. At times we may have never given our life to Jesus Christ, and so we're bound by that sin to be held outside of God's best. But Jesus came to remove that separation and enable us to, to come into His presence enable us to be uh, children of God and, and have, our, have the blind eyes be able to see. You know, that wasn't just physical blindness. It was also spiritual blindness. Because right after this, there were the religious people who heard that message, or that message was given, and they went, well, "Isn't this Jesus? Old Joseph's boy? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't he from Nazareth? Nazareth? Isn't he? Uh, he's one of those. He's one. Of, he's that." I mean, there could be those that, that would measure some of us just by our outward appearance or maybe by what we've uh, done in the past. Maybe we have to live down a reputation, but when we come to God, everything begins to change. When we come to God and we give our life to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden the things that you're good at, your giftings and talents are there because God gave them to you. But I can guarantee you they'll be elevated to another level. It's amazing how God can take the things that you're gifted at and make you better at them, but He also will remove the things that hinder you. You may have, you may have been held captive or held in bondage by your past. Maybe you're held captive, and I, I know I've experienced this, by things that people said or d- about me or did to me. But well, the thing that Jesus came to set us free from is He came to set us free from all those things that would hinder us from being free to come into God's presence. A lot of times we, we measure ourselves by other people's expectations. You know, one thing that, that, that I tried to do with our kids, and I tried to do this if I was coaching youth league or if I was teaching youth group or whatever, especially with young people, I try to set an expectation of them that's high. I try to set an expectation because I've, I've found that, that they will, most of the time, rise to the level of expectation. If you're expecting them to fail, if you're expecting them to do something dumb, if you're expecting them to be this way or that way, and you constantly set that bar, that's where they're going to be. But if you expect, begin to expect them to do higher, they'll rise to your expectations. I think God does that same thing with us. He has an expectation for us. Do you know when He chose His disciples, when He called Peter and and Andrew and Matthew and, and some of these guys, they were a mess. They wouldn't have... If we'd have been on the committee to pick the disciples, we would have went, nope, nope, nope. Isn't it good that Jesus had an expectation that was higher? And even if you are a shining example, you are a model person... God still can use you in a way and, and fix some things and, and tweak on you. There isn't, there isn't any of us that are, have, it, have it all going for us. We all have things that we need to work on. But I can tell you this, that God loves us enough to, to bring that ministry to us. So how do we walk in this, in this life that Jesus died to bring us? The first of all, The first thing we have to do is simply show up and accept it. Look at Romans chapter 10. I love these passages here in, in, in Romans chapter 10. You've probably heard them before if you've been to church very many times. They're verses that we use to, to talk about what uh, has happened or what Jesus provided for us. But here in, in verse 9, he says... Uh, well, yeah, in verse 9, uh, Romans 10, 9, he says, "...if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead... Maybe you'll make it when you get all your life straightened out. Does it say that? No, it doesn't. It says you will be saved. It's pretty simple. I mean, it's narrow. There's only one way, but it's simple enough to understand and simple enough to receive. And here's the thing. You may say, I don't know if I can do that. God has a provision for that. The Spirit of God in us has, draws us and He empowers us and He helps us to do things we can't do. I'm telling you, there's times in my life whenever I didn't think I could be saved. I didn't know if I could do the Christian thing. I remember that as a, as a young man. I'd fall and fail and I'd have to get up and for, repent and I'd get so tired of repent I'd think, God, you got to be getting tired of me repenting. But I'd fail, and I'd fail, and I'd fail, and finally I said, God, I don't know if I can do this Christian thing. I want to, but I don't know if I can. And and you know what? God, all He required of me is to want to want to, and He made up the difference. See, a lot of times churches put expectations that are unrealistic. And in fact, there's sometimes that standards are set by church-going people that they don't even measure up to. I thank God for the grace and the love and the mercy of this church that accepts people where they're at. And I thank God that we are in an environment that allows people to grow. I, I see the growth. Jared, this guy that did the offering, some of you all are like, like who's that guy? Man, he's really good. But I, I tell you what, about a year ago, you would have said, who is that guy? What's he doing up there? He stepped up. And I started texting him and said, don't let the, don't let the crowd mess with you. Don't, don't be, don't, don't, bow up, son, don't, don't back down because he was so intimidated by the crowd when I first asked him to step up and do that. Cody was the same way. He was somebody who didn't want to get up there. Jason's the same way. Some of these guys, Dakota was always, he was always pretty comfortable up there, but although he was afraid at first too. But see, we bring, we put ourselves in that position to lead because we can trust God. But notice what it says: we, first thing we got to do in order to walk in that abundant life or the life that Jesus provided is accept Jesus' gift. He says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Period. For it is with, or it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Notice that. It was hard for me sometimes to say that I was saved. I remember when I first went into ministry. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't do this because of a, it was a career option. I did this because it was a call of God. I wanted to be a rancher and a cowboy. That's all I wanted to do. And I wasn't interested in doing this, but God wouldn't let me out of it. And as I began to, to, to start into ministry, I'd say, Hi, I'm, 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 just, I'm just speaking. I wouldn't say I was the preacher. I wouldn't say I was the pastor. I, was, I, couldn't, I couldn't add that title to me at first. But by God's grace and His mercy, I, I, I walked on into that. we got to be willing to not only believe, confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, but it's with, with our heart that we believe, and with our mouth confession is made. I've never said that exactly like that, but I, I think it's important that we begin to say, I'm saved. The first person you may have to tell after you make Jesus Lord is yourself. Because you may have to not talk yourself into it, but you may have to speak it enough that you begin to believe it yourself. You may have to stand and, and say, I'm saved. When the devil comes at your mind and says, You're not good enough, you can't do this. When, it, when, when the devil tries to come at you and, and say, You're not qualified, you have to say, No, I'm saved. Why? Because Romans 10 9 and 10 says that I believe it if I believe in my heart and I believe. You may have to have this conversation with yourself because I remember times when I didn't feel saved. It wasn't based on my feelings. It had to be based on my faith. And I said, God, I thank you that I, I confessed you with, as Lord and I'm believing in my heart. And so I'm saved, because, not because I'm good enough. You, you, you're going to say this before you're good enough. You may be a long time before you feel good enough. And there'll be moments when you don't feel good enough. But that's the abundant life of His grace that gives us the ability to say, okay, God, I'm taking you at your word, not what I feel. So important. For it was with believing in your heart uh, that you are made right and confessing with your mouth. And verse 11 says, As the Scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Jew or Gentiles, the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all Who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, that's the first thing we gotta have down. We gotta have the willingness to accept Jesus as our Lord and accept God at his word. A lot of times we've tried to put things as a measurement, and you in your life, you may say, I'm a believer, but I don't feel much like a Christian. You just gotta take God at his word and begin to walk in it. The second thing we gotta do is we gotta know that it's God's desire for us we got to understand that God's not holding anything against us. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. God's not holding any, anything against us. You know, we struggle sometimes. People struggle sometimes to, to hold on to their past, and I'm wondering why. You remember your sins. You remember your failures. You remember those things you've done. Or maybe people remind you of it. Oh, you're a that, or you were this. We got to know that God's not holding anything against us. In verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8, he says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Notice this, while we were still sinners. People try to get right and good before they come to church, before they give their life to Jesus Christ. Listen, we gotta we gotta just give ourselves to God and let him work on us. I tell you what, it'll take some time. It's a work in progress, but we're all a work in progress. He goes on there in verse in verse nine. He says, "And since we have been made right in God's sight, how by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were sinners or still His enemies, He we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful news." new relationship with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You know, I love that, love that verse 11. So now we can rejoice in our in the wonderful new relationship with God. That's an incredible thing. The incredible thing is that that Jesus came to provide for us a relationship with a living God. It's an incredible thing when you begin to think about that Jesus was willing to die for you even though He knew you. Even though He knew the times when you'd reject Him, the times that you'd say you would do something and you wouldn't, that the times that you'd fall down and fail, the times that you'd say, no, He loved you anyway and us anyway, and He still continued to provide that relationship with Him. Again, when we see God in this manner, we know that we can run to Him, not from Him. Psalms, I'm not going to turn there, but Psalms 103 verse 12 says that He removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. I love that song, and, and, and it's, it paints a picture of Jesus on the cross. As far as the east is from the west, that God removed our sin from us. And I want us to look, though, at Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament. Because Isaiah 53 get, paints a picture and an image of what was going to take place on the cross. It's an incredible, incredible thing that, that was pictured by the prophet Isaiah. He's seeing this in, and, and he's relating this from, from anti, with anticipation to it. In verse 4, we'll begin or verse 3, we'll begin there. Isaiah 53, 3. He says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighted him down. We thought his troubles were punishment from God and a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray or away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. And that's the amazing thing. That's why Jesus agonized in the garden. It was not because he was afraid to go through the pain of the cross. That was surely a part of it. But the greatest thing was this man who was sinless was going to take the sins of the world upon himself. Yes, he was going to be beaten without, without, beyond recognition. But he was taking the sins of the world and which would bring him separation from his Father, God. For the time period of him taking those sins and becoming sin for us, he was separated from God and that was his greatest grief. But he still looked beyond that, down the road and knew that we were worth it, that mankind was worth it. I want to close with just grabbing this one definition and understanding of this word whole in verse 5. It says, He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole and he was whipped so that we could be healed, or the, the King James says, by His stripes we were healed. This word whole is an interesting word in, in the Hebrew, and it's actually the word shalom, usually translated peace. Shalom means to experience wholeness in body and in mind, if you think about where peace comes from. We have peace when, when, when we have wholeness in our mind and our body. Where do we lose peace in our mind? And if our body is, is it not at rest, it, 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 it represents or it means experiencing wholeness in body and in mind and in relationships with others. You see, Jesus came to provide us wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. He came to provide us healing and restoration in all those areas. He didn't just come to get us to heaven. He came to fix our life now as well. He came to give us that life and that life more abundant. You know, uh, it says that we, we do not need to suffer divine condemnation for our sins because the servant has already done so. You know, uh, there there is an amazing picture there of what Jesus came to provide. You know, today... Uh, it's a day of, of Easter celebration. It's a day of hunting Easter eggs. It's a day of family. It's day, today we got a meal in the in the crock pot, a roast, you know, man. And I tell you where's at, but I want to make sure there's enough for me. So, uh, but here's what I here's what I want you to know is I want you to know that there is there is definitely a, a time for us to walk in into a relationship with God, and I believe today is that day. If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, man, I challenge you. Make that choice and that decision. I'm not going to call you forward, but I tell you what, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, that we can be saved. If we believe in our heart, well, I believe through this service and through all that you see that Jesus came to do, some of you may have had a, a, an idea that you had to get to a certain level in order to receive, but we see the example that Jesus said, just believe. Be willing to accept Jesus gift of salvation and come into the into the into the fold. As you stand on your, let's go ahead and stand on our feet and, and let's just prepare to close. And I do want to take just a moment while you're standing there for you to analyze your heart to ask yourself, is there anything that I, I need to do in order to be sure? There's something called the security of of eternity or the security of our salvation one of the things that, that we do as believers or to become believers once we make Jesus Lord is we simply pray that prayer to confess Jesus as Lord. The Bible said that if you believe that Jesus is Christ, that you repent of your sin, but, but if you confess Him as Lord, I'm going to pray the prayer, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray that in your seat as you're, as you're there just to be sure. I'm also going to give you an opportunity. There's information within your visitor's pack. If you're here on a regular basis, you know how to get hold of me. You can find us through Facebook or or people that be watching. Uh, You you can relate back to me. But I challenge you, find a way to contact me, and and let's get together so that we can help you walk in this victorious life with Jesus Christ that He's provided. Let's, Let's pray together. Father, we just come before you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you and I praise you. It's no accident that people showed up here today. We were praying you in. We were praying people in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We've called people in that, God, you would, you would meet them here, not for our numbers but for their life. God, I believe these decisions that, we're, that we make where, where you are concerned are our life and death. You said I place before you that the choice of life and death. And you even told us what to answer. You said, answer life. Now, Father, I pray you that, that, that for those here today that maybe don't know you as Lord, but they would like to, they say, you know what? I may not measure up by some people's standards, but I can measure up to the fact that all I have to do is receive that gift and I'm ready to allow Jesus to be my Lord. Father, I praise you and I thank you that they in their heart of hearts can, can simply say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son. I thank you, Lord God, that Jesus, you paid the price for me and died on the cross and were raised again so that I could be saved. And Jesus, I receive you. If you in your heart of hearts can say that, you can say, Lord Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Then you can be saved. The Bible t- teaches us that. But it also says that we must confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. So I believe that you need to get with somebody. You need to make that decision known and make that a declaration. Begin to tell yourself and others, I'm saved because of what Jesus provides. Now, Father God, as we, as we ha- have this time of song in the end, Lord, help us to, in the end of this service. Help us to, to that to resonate with us what your word has said and help us come to that choice, that decision that we're going to walk in the abundant life that God has given us. Today we're going to say yes to you and yes to all that you have. We thank you, we praise you, we give you honor for it.